Tonight I'd like to focus on one point, on one part Stephen touched on this morning a bit. It's working with difficult emotions or klesha. Or perhaps I should say being with klesha. Since the word working already gives a somewhat wrong impression of what I'm going to get at. It's the klesha, like anger and fear, desire, jealousy and so forth, that give us most of the difficulties and conflicts in meditation, in practice and in life. And the question we most commonly ask seems to be, how can I get rid of it, since it's so unpleasant? And most of the time there seems to be no good answer, no way to achieve this end easily. At least, I most of the time don't know one. You know, we can't just get rid of these forces. So what I can suggest and talk about is simply how to be with these difficult emotions, how to be with them in a skillful way, perhaps how to be with them in a healing way, or how we can learn, how we can learn and grow through them instead of struggling with them constantly and seeing them as a problem. Trungpa Rinpoche somewhere mentions that the Lankavatara Sutra gives uh, an illustration of this somewhere. It says that unskillful farmers throw away or burn their rubbish and garbage and then later they go and buy manure for their fields. While there are more skillful farmers who keep their rubbish and garbage and do whatever you have to do to transform it in manure and then spread it on their fields in spite of the smell and the somewhat kind of messy situation they put it to use. So perhaps there are ways also in which we can make good use of our mental and emotional garbage instead of wasting it. And I feel that since we can be so easily victims of our emotions, it can be quite helpful to deal with them or to learn to deal with them in a quite systematic way or at least sort of have some clear sense. They often don't have very clear-cut forms and shapes and we often don't clearly see where or when they start and when they end and we get very easily caught and lost. So it might be useful to learn or remember some kind of method or way in which to meet them.
to be with them. And you want, you could do that in thinking of four steps or four attitudes. And then nothing really new, it's what we've always been saying. Net if you if there's one thing you want to remember of this talk, maybe that's the one thing worthwhile. What it takes with emotion is first, of course, awareness, which allows us to recognize them for what they are. That's recognizing them. And second, it's acknowledging and respecting them, those energies, emotions. And the third is allowing, letting go if we can, else letting be. And perhaps at some point, the fourth one is to appreciate or learning from that experience. Our usual habitual tendency when these strong emotions come is to either express them or suppress, deny or avoid them. Expression, for example, could be if there's a desire, a longing, we could start fantasizing, especially in meditation retreats. It's quite a popular one. Sort of get lost into living it out in our thought. Or it could be in speech, be irritation or anger, saying nasty words, quarreling, or complaining or criticizing, or acting, hitting someone, taking what isn't ours, what doesn't belong to us, or doing things that just aren't very, very helpful for either ourselves or others. All ways that are not very skillful, expressing kaleshas in terms of being carried away by them, being under their control, is rarely very helpful. On the other side, then since we're not supposed to express them, and we're told in many ways as we grow up, not just told, but we're sort of blackmailed into or shown that we we're not lovable or, you know, it sort of proved to us that it's not very helpful. In fact, it's disaster. So we go on the other side, we suppress them. And that's any way that seems to keep us from feeling the emotion. In many ways, again, we can think about emotions instead of feeling them. Also, again, meditation, we can do that even. We can sort of think about an emotion and then somehow we can avoid really letting ourselves be touched by it. Or then there's something going on and it's getting unpleasant, so we think, yeah, I better go back to the breath. I think this is what's, where it's at. 
So we don't really pay attention, we sort of deny what's going on. Or, in other ways, we can just get busy with something else, avoiding. Or we can sort of come up with theories, analyzing what's going on. You know, this is very interesting. This is probably probably because my mother did this or that. And again, it's thinking about it and not really facing it. Or it could be maybe at home, we feel lonely. So we open the fridge or we call a friend and we turn on the stereo or we do all at once. Ways of just not being there for what's going on. Anything that makes us, gives us the impression that we're not really having to feel it. And yet I don't even think that it works. We still somehow feel it. It's somehow smothering and doing its thing. Both attitudes are not very useful ways of dealing with emotions. Either way, not useful for ourselves and not useful for our environment either. It's exactly in that way and both of those ways that they keep on running our life and there is no inner freedom. We give them the power and they have it over us. So to begin with, we need to be clearly aware of them, recognize them for what they are. And of course, to even start with that, we need to have some awareness and some continuity of awareness that is then present at the moment those things arise. It doesn't help much if we have wonderful, clear, mindful sittings, but then we go home and we get into a discussion and it's not there because we're not sitting now. So I think in that sense also what I said this afternoon that we need to take it into all activities. It's very important if then it should serve us in daily life situations. So to be aware enough to notice and recognize the emotion. And I think it's helpful to give them a name. If it's just a name, not a long sentence or discussion, this is this and this and this, just simple name. To take a moment to be clear on what it is. And especially here in, in the retreat, we have all the time necessary. In a way, that's what we're here for. That's one of the things we're here for. It doesn't mean getting lost in thought. It just means if I want to exactly know what this feeling is here, I just have to feel it for a while and say, okay, I'm really irritated. You know, it's disappointment. And you feel when you're right with it. And it doesn't mean thinking about it. It means feeling it out for what it really is. It's different. So to look, is it anger or is it hatred? Is it fear? Is it boredom? Or is it kinds of wanting, desire, craving, restlessness, or waiting, expecting, it's quite a common one. 
Is it frustration or disappointment or sadness? Loneliness? Is it feeling stupid? That's quite the common one. Or we're afraid that we might feel or might look stupid. Is it laziness or confusion or doubt? Also noting confusion. It's another one that we think we really shouldn't have. And we scramble to come to terms with what's going on. And in fact, it's enough to... Oh, right. Confusion. That's what's going on. To just take a time to be clear. Give them a name clarifies a lot. I don't mean give them a name to clarify and then they go away. Just to be clear what we're feeling. With that, there's also less of a chance that we're getting lost in it, that we're carried away, that we're being caught. When we exactly know what's going on. That's very different from really being in the story. You know, he said this to me and I'm going to tell him, you know, there's four more days and then I'm going to call him to see, all right, I'm angry. I'm feeling that. To see the emotion as an emotion and the thoughts that come with it, the thoughts and the imagery that comes with it as image. See them come, see them go. See them appear and see them disappear. Or feel them come and feel them go. And a note on the side. It's also quite um, useful to note when they're gone. Say, now I'm afraid. And maybe four minutes later, say, all right, and now I'm not anymore. It's gone. So to note precisely, but no more. That's enough. So next is to respect those forces, I could say. Recognize them for what they are. Bring some respect there. Acknowledging that some of them are very, very strong, very powerful forces. And we can't simply control them. It's just not possible. And we can't simply get rid of them. I mean, look at the world. Everybody wants peace, really. And we have wars and violence and torture and all these things. Nobody really wants them. Not nobody, but most people really wouldn't want all those things to happen. These forces are powerful within ourselves and outside in the world. And to hope or expect that we can do just a bit of meditation, maybe a couple of retreats or something, and then they shouldn't be around anymore. It's simply wishful thinking. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't care and really learn about them and and understand. But also we have to acknowledge that they're powerful. Many years ago, remember I was in southern France at the Gypsy Festival. And there's this guy that started to get really... uh, aggressive and bothersome was one night and I'm sort of the person who'd rather run 
And somehow he cornered me. And it was getting just really scary. And then all of a sudden my hand goes bang. And it just sort of almost knocked him out. And he turned and went to never be seen anymore. And I thought, hmm, wait a minute. Where did that come from? Was that me? And it was quite, you know, I thought, God, I didn't know that. I didn't even know I could do that. It's in here. I don't, there's a lot of things we don't even know that we could do them if the situation just gets really to an edge somewhere. So, to acknowledge and respect that they're deeply conditioned forces. It also means not to judge them. It doesn't help very much. Also not to judge ourselves for having them, putting ourselves down for having, having them. It's not that they're bad or I am bad because of that. And yet we have to acknowledge their existence and their power and their destructive power, the fact that they do create suffering. Which then means we're not going to wallow in them, we're not going to feed them anymore. We're, as much as we can, not going to get lost in them anymore, and yet to respect them. To not get lost in them so much anymore is the reason why it's so quite meaningful to, or helpful, to turn the attention to the body and see if we can feel or sense them in the body. It seems much easier to stay centered with what is going on in terms of anger or fear or any of these feelings than if we're with the story that maybe triggered them or that comes together with it. Story and the whole content is so seductive that even if we notice that we're angry, there's a good chance that within another second we're going to go on in it and say, Yes, but da 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 da. And then, oh, anger. Coming to physical sensations and being with that is just much more tangible. But to even do that, there needs to be some allowing some acceptance. Otherwise, we're not going to even look here, even turn our attention to what's going on within. So as we're present in a somewhat more balanced way, sometimes we can see very clearly how thoughts or ideas or memories arise and trigger those strong emotions. And sometimes, as this happens, there are patterns that we're already familiar with. We have seen it go on so many times. And then, perhaps it's enough to see it, to feel how painful it is, and to let go and say, okay, thank you, I've had this one. I just don't need to do that one, one more time, and we can let go. It's like feeling a hot coal. And the moment we feel that it burns, we don't have to think or sort of remember the four points, you know, 
it's like bang, we let it go. So when we're there and we're quite clear about what's going on and we feel it's painful and we've had it, sometimes we can just drop it. I'm not going to even give it one more thought. But very often we're too slow in recognizing what's going on and it becomes quite strong. We're already in the midst of a whole process of strong emotion. And then instead of letting go, it means letting be. But to turn the attention to the sensation in the body. And doing that is really acceptance. It's recognizing and acknowledging and respecting the power and allowing, accepting. And to do that in a quite careful way, being precise to say, how, how does it actually feel? And where is it? It's not enough if we really want to learn to deal with it in a careful way. To say, okay, I guess it's anger and then we go to something else. And then of course we're going to be caught again in it. To see how, you know, could I describe it if I had to describe it? I say, okay, it's hot here. It's actually burning here. And there's a pressure that sort of pushes up. And it comes suddenly in bursts, or it comes really slowly, moves from here to there, or it grips me here, you know. Or it's sort of like a drill in here. Or it, you know, there's cold sweat dripping down my armpits, or it's as if my whole body sort of gets rigid. To allow the situation and allow ourselves to feel it enough that we can look quite precisely what it's doing. And I don't know if you can see this whole relationship by that time has already completely changed. We're not out there anymore thinking what I would like to get or what I'm going to tell him or whatever it is. It's a whole, it's already a whole different thing going on. When the attention is clearly focused on that sensation in the body, there's a good chance that we can stay more equanimous with it. More equanimous doesn't mean that it then went away or then it'll quickly go away. It just means I can stay with fear and say, okay, wow, that's right, and be with that. And in that sense, that is equanimity. I don't need to get rid of it. I don't need to hold on. I don't need to do anything about it. And the conflict and the struggle and the problem come simply because we accept, expect these feelings to go away. Because they are unpleasant. We don't want them. We don't like it. And we can get so upset about them. And yet, big deal. Sometimes they're not, they're like a slight headache. I think it's very interesting when next time you're really irritated to just look at how painful it really is. In one way it is, and it's a suffering, but it's not, you know, it's not so 
It's kind of a funny, weird feeling here, but it's not so bad. Or being afraid. Like we can be afraid of the dark, or be afraid of talking in front of people, or be afraid of, you know, heights. But then when we actually allow ourselves to feel that fear, it's very unpleasant. But I mean, cutting one's finger is unpleasant, and we don't worry very much about that. So sometimes it's just good to remember, oh, it's just very unpleasant, and that's what all the fuss is all about. And say, all right, relax, just feel unpleasant. To look, why are we so worried about unpleasant emotions and feelings? Especially by now that we know they're not going to last. I mean, we have had if you think of your life, how many of all this you have felt, how many times each one. I mean, it's unbelievable. And right now, you know, they've all gone. There might be plenty of new ones coming. But they don't stay, and it's so obvious that they don't. Why can't we just wait until they're clear? When we want to go for a walk and it rains, it really pours. What do we do? We just wait, you know, 10 minutes, half an hour. We know it's going to end, and then we go. Why can't we remember that when it's rainy and cloudy inside? It'll clear. So that acceptance or allowing is the mind that's soft enough, that's willing to be with whatever arises calling it equanimity yesterday, the softness or permeability. Letting ourselves be touched by those emotions. And again, another misunderstanding sometimes is like, oh yes, I, you know, there was this anger, but I was completely detached from it. You know, I really didn't identify with it. And it's like, you know, this up here is me, and it's down there somewhere, you know. It's not my stuff. I'm really uh, learning, you know, becoming a, a, what's it called, disidentified meditator. I think it's, it's quite a trap, because what we're doing, it's solidifying. It's especially me up here. You know, me who is outside, which already means there's somebody here, right? Quite distinct. And then it down there. And it's rather fixing things, rather creating more duality than really being open to what's going on. On the other hand, of course, we're not going to be always wide open. And sometimes when instructions like that are used, it can be very tricky, or, or with most of the instructions, they always have an opposite. And with things like being open, in a way one should always say, being open including the times when we're closed, or being soft including the times when we're really tight. So sometimes there might be a fear and there's tightness. So being open with that simply means to say, okay, there's tightness. Right? Okay, that's okay. 
And sometimes there's even resistance and we can't stand it. And we can't say, okay, I'll allow it and then the resistance will go. So can I embrace even that and say, okay, now there's this resistance and I'm not willing to open at all. So it's like one level over that, can I say, okay, that is okay, this is what I, what's going on now. There's resistance and tightness, I'm not going to open. So this is what's happening now, and again, we're with just what is going on, and it isn't a problem. So to not mistake sometimes the somewhat simplistic instruction, like meeting things with kindness, That's the idea, but sometimes when there is anger, we feel there is no kindness. So meeting anger with kindness simply means to say, okay, I'm willing to allow that anger at this time to be felt. So even that that doesn't feel kind of sweet, it is a sort of kindness that says, okay, I'm here. So that's really what's meant with allowing, letting be, It's patience in a way. We give up all the ideas of what should happen to an emotion. We can get into the other side. We think, oh, you know, lately I have had all this uh, fear come up. I think in this retreat I'll really work on my fear. And we can sit waiting for the fear to come. And it doesn't come. It's not fear time, this retreat. And it becomes waiting time, missing the opportunity for all kinds of things that are actually happening. So in that sense, it's not that it should come up or it should break open or it should go away. To not have any kind of program about what things should be doing Sometimes there's a sense of this incredible anger that sits down here. And it's like, I'm so scared that one day it'll come up. And then slowly I dare and I let it come up and it floods me a little bit. And then it goes to never come back anymore. We don't know what it's going to do. So to not even have any thought of, even I think coming up, it's a kind of a fashion word that isn't really useful. It sort of implies that we're having this big bag full of bad things that we sort of carry around, whatever, the unconscious or subconscious, and it's lurking in there. And, you know, one day it's going to get us. Maybe there's nothing like that. Maybe all we do is we, we make those emotions right at that moment. How about that? I'm not saying this is how it is, but it would be another way of looking at what's going on. Something happens, and I'm making anger right now. Of course, because I've done it many times, I'm very fast. I know very well how to do it. I don't have to think about it. I'm sort of very skilled in producing it, but maybe I'm producing it right now. So what I have to learn is how to stop producing it get out of the habit. So all this use of words in terms of emotions, I think it's worthwhile to 
look and question and how we buy into that. To be present with allowing some acceptance. And that really means not doing something. It's not doing anything, really. It's a non-doing. If we can allow for that, it's more like sitting quietly in the wake, doing nothing, and spring comes and the grass grows by itself. But don't do the growing. Breath comes and goes by itself. Feelings come and go by itself. Strong emotions might come and go. Peace comes and goes. And then restlessness comes and goes. So, it needs to be no big drama, not such a big deal. There's some desire, fine, I can feel that. We can call it the welcoming wakefulness, perhaps, a receptive space. And having said a lot of acceptance, maybe there's one point here I need to make clear. It refers to accepting the experience we're having now. And it doesn't mean that everything in life and in the world is acceptable. I hope that is quite clear. Not everything is acceptable at all. Wars and violence and the fact that our oceans are getting poisoned and our earth is getting destroyed is not acceptable at all. It's not okay at all. And acceptance doesn't mean to be fatalistic. Rather strong, clear and skillful compassionate action is very much needed in this world. Absolutely needed. It just means that we accept what we experience now and that that creates an inner balance and from that place of balance where we clearly see and feel when and what action is necessary and from there we can act with appropriate action and then also really do it which is important. Then that doesn't come from reactiveness. I'm not acting just because I'm upset or pissed at what's going on. It's also not just from avoiding or from getting aggressive. It's from being sensitive and balanced and coming from compassion. So this allowing in some way, there's allowing ourselves to be in touch with these difficult feelings when they arise. With, in whatever way they manifest. That's really love. That's really kindness. It's really true caring. In a way, it's metta, loving kindness, but not so much towards beings, but loving-kindness towards mind-states, towards experience as they arise. It's moment-to-moment metta or kindness to moment-to-moment experience. In a way, it also means that we reintegrate those emotions that somehow we have cut off. Since in some way they are our own energy, 
I mean, in uh, anger or in aggression or in desire, there's a tremendous energy. So if this is all things that aren't me, you know, that's not my stuff, somehow we deny that energy. It's sort of split off. Of course, there's somehow energies that are not quite house-trained. They're somehow dirty, yeah, they're somewhat unpleasant, they're a drag. But once we're willing to accept them again, to allow them in, we also have reclaimed their energy. Because we don't have to constantly fight them anymore, constantly trying to get rid of them. And again, to be wholeheartedly mindful of them as they are present, that is the accepting of them. So it's healing in a sense also that we become more whole, complete. Perhaps we could say we also reintegrate our shadow. And uh, I can quite relate to, I'm not sure if you said it about anger feeling pleasant sometimes, whoever said it. Um, In the years I was doing retreat at IMS in Barry, Massachusetts, I had a face. I'd get so angry. I mean, over and over again, I mean, anything could come up. It just looked nothing. I'd get angry. I'd burn with anger. And it'd just go on and on. And it took me quite a long time to really find out how to not fight it. I knew it all in my head. I could have, you know, written this, but it's still somehow over and over, I sort of, it was difficult. Until at some point, it's almost like I said, oh, wow. It's almost like I said, this is incredibly intense. And it's like I could turn and say, well, this is fun. And it was at that moment, it was like this strong energy was sort of, I stopped fighting it. And it was like, And it's this tremendous power. It's like all my wires were too small in here. So it's like, in a way, we're just so afraid of it. Once we're almost big enough inside to hold those feelings without having to deny them or suppress them, and yet without having to act on them, there's a tremendous difference in in energy also, in, in being, because they are aliveness. And we're not run by them, and yet we don't have to completely dispose of them or try to eliminate them. Acceptance and this attitude of permeability also keeps these feelings and emotions afloat, keeps them moving, unstuck. We don't get lost and stuck in the content We're not stuck in there doing any particular thing, such as lasting or going away or dissolving or whatever. So they just do what they need to do, very simply. And we relax and let them come and let them go, let them be when it's their time. It's the not taking up, it's the not making so much of them that is so freeing. 
And then we see how impermanent they are anyway. To the degree we allow them to be felt, they even pass much faster, it seems. To the degree we want to get rid of them, they seem to hang in there. They constantly come and go and stay away and come back by surprise, ever-changing, like the weather, like the wind. Remembering they're not going to stay forever. There's no way. One feeling might come more often or might be somewhat typical for ourselves. So we say, I'm sad these days. But even there, to be careful, to not start to think, oh, I'm this angry person or I'm this sad person. It's not true. All that might be true is that there's more often sadness for a period, or there's more anger at some times, or there's more often anger than another kind of feeling. But that doesn't mean that's who we are, to not fix ourselves in any way. We can relax as soon as we see the change. We're much less impressed, we're much less overwhelmed, or afraid, or panicked each time a difficult one comes along. And we might even get a sense of the, you know, of the comic side of it all, starting to see ourselves how dejected we can feel or how scared, you know, become these little kids, sort of really scared, or how we can be filled with self-pity at some point, you know, sort of just look over the shoulder and say, oh, wow, oh, self-pity, huh? Poor me, you know, this is really, this is really not right, you know. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> it's quite funny, actually. See the whole show as it comes and go, goes and smile. There again, there's a shift of perspective and appreciation can come in. There's recognizing, there's respecting, acknowledging the force, there's accepting, allowing. Perhaps there can come some appreciation. There's such opportunities to learn when we're there for it. We learn to make peace with difficulties. Be less disturbed in the face of pain and unpleasure. And maybe it's making peace, or perhaps sometimes it's just some sort of coexistence that's okay too. We don't exactly need to love them or like them, but coexistence. And to remember that each difficulty each time there is fear or worry or loneliness or desire, that can be an opportunity. And in our courageous moments, we can see it as a challenge. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit 
dharmaseed.org slash donate.